Do you ever feel like you're going round and round in circles trying to get your sugar cravings under control? Like no matter how hard you try and how often you tough it out, eventually the cravings come back with a vengeance and you feel absolutely powerless to do anything about them. Well, this week I'm going to be helping you to firstly understand why the cravings are there in the first place. And no, it's got nothing to do with willpower. And then talk about some simple actions that you can start to take to get them under control and to feel so much more balanced when it comes to your nutrition and your energy levels too. Welcome to the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness, a space where we celebrate you exactly as you are right now, while also looking at realistic and achievable ways that you can increase your fitness, improve your nutrition, and bring more wellness into your busy schedule. We tackle a whole range of subjects from diet culture and healthy weight loss, right through to how to stay motivated, reduce stress, balance fitness and life, and ways to get the most out of your fitness routine. This is your weekly dose of inspiration and motivation. Perfect if you're a busy woman who sometimes struggles to find time for yourself and who would love to develop a positive mindset and a consistent fitness and wellness routine. I'm Alex, your host, women's fitness and wellness coach, founder of ChickFit, mum of two, lover of chocolate, wine and exercise and believer that we can all find balance in our busy lives. Hello, hello, and a huge welcome to the podcast this week, where we are getting into cravings, particularly those sugar cravings. And we're going to talk all about how you can nip those in the bud, because I know this is huge. This is something that I work on with so, so many of my members and clients. You know, we all have those moments, right, where sugar feels like the thing that we need the most. Maybe you have a particular flashpoint each day. Maybe you find that you start to get hangry and you need carbs to fill the hole if you've not eaten for a few hours. Or maybe sugar is something that you just find it helps you to relax and get through a busy day. Whatever your pattern is, it's really common and it is definitely shared by a lot of us. But the great news is that it's not actually too hard to do something about. It's just about the right strategies, right? And with those right strategies, this is something you can absolutely start to tackle within even just a few short days. And we are not, not, not talking about going cold turkey or trying to tough it out and ignore the cravings and to give up all sugar from today and never look at it again. That is never, ever, ever a long-term strategy. And the truth actually is that cravings are something we need to listen to, right? They are there for a reason. So we need to listen to them first. We need to figure out what they're trying to tell us and then we can take action from there. So I'm just going to start off by talking about some of the reasons that we crave sugar, particularly, and carbs as well, generally. And like I said before, this isn't about willpower. This isn't because you've got terrible willpower that you're craving these things. There is usually a really, really good reason for it. So reason number one is not great blood sugar management and insulin resistance. So insulin resistance is basically when your cells become more and more and more resistant to insulin. So we're pumping out more and more insulin and we end up craving more sugar and our blood sugar is crashing down and go shooting up all day long, right? And if your blood sugar is spiking and crashing a lot throughout the day, you are going to get cravings. It's going to happen. And if you find that you regularly throughout the day, you feel suddenly low on energy and you feel like, oh my God, I need the carbs, I need the sugar, I need something to keep me going, then there's a decent likelihood that your blood sugar management maybe isn't optimal and that that needs sorting out. And it's not a hard thing to do. It's really not a hard thing to do. There's some really incredibly simple strategies that we can use for that, that I will talk about in a bit. The second reason is habit. And this particularly is if you tend to reach for sugar at each day at a particular time. So if it's at four o'clock and you always have a bar of chocolate, 
then it's more more likely to be habit than anything else. And it may not be a real craving. It's just, that's just what you do, right? And our brain loves a habit. And if you do that every day, then our brain's going to go, right, this is what we do at four o'clock every day. And that's what we're going to keep doing. So habit is definitely a big one as well. Another reason is stress and other emotions. Sugar makes us feel good. It has a calming effect. It helps to dampen stress, but it also helps us to dampen boredom or sadness or any other of those kind of negative emotions that you might be feeling in the moment. So sugar is actually really clever at doing this and releasing chemicals that just make us feel better and make us feel calmer and dampen all those things down. So that's definitely, definitely, definitely a big one. And one that we don't always recognise as well. Um, Gut imbalances. So when your digestive system is not firing all cylinders, then you can end up craving sugar because some of the bacteria in our gut thrives off sugar. And so it keeps asking for more and more and more because then it can keep feeding itself. And obviously that is not an ideal situation to be in. Okay, we want more of the bacteria that are not crying out for sugar all the time. So definitely getting your gut back into balance is going to be really important. A lack of sleep and rest. So when you're not sleeping great, it drives up our ghrelin, which is our hunger hormone, and it drives down our leptin, which is our fullness hormone. So if we've not slept enough, essentially we're going to feel more hungry. And the thing is, the more hungry we are, the more we crave things that give us an instant energy hit. So if you have a crap night's sleep or you've had a few drinks last night and you know you've not slept great and you wake up in the morning, what? You want carbs, right? You want carbs, you want sugar, you want stuff that's going to keep you going. And it's because that ghrelin level has been fired right up. And so we've, we're almost powerless in those situations to do anything about it. And we'll go and we'll reach for the stuff that gives us the most instant energy hit that we can find. And that is usually the sugar and the carbs. Hormone levels. And this is a really, really, really important one for women. And it's something that most women do not realise. And it is in the second half of your cycle, it's the hormone that comes to the fore is progesterone. Okay, so progesterone is really important. It's a nice calming hormone. It makes us feel a bit, bit more chilled and stuff like that. And it actually requires more glucose in the system if it wants to thrive. So earlier in our cycle, we need less glucose. Later on in the cycle, we need more glucose. And that's one of the reasons that you might get cravings. And, you know, you might find in the first half of your cycle, you're like, yeah, I'm great. I've got loads of willpower. Everything's amazing. I don't need too many carbs. This is awesome. And then you get towards your period, you're like, oh my God, the cravings are back. Why? And it's because progesterone, progesterone needs them, right? So that's why you you will find it fluctuating throughout your cycle as well. And I think the final one, which uh, we don't often think about, is that you're not actually eating enough or getting enough satisfaction from your food. And I think this is so, so, so important because you know, sometimes maybe we're trying to lose weight or we think that we need to stick to a certain level of calories or we're scared of eating too much and putting weight on and having too many carbs. And so we limit how much we eat and we don't necessarily fill ourselves up properly and we're not necessarily listening to what our body actually needs from us. So of course, two or three hours later, our body's like, well, mm, that didn't really satisfy me. I didn't I didn't fill up with that. So I'm going to need some more from you. And ideally something that delivers quick energy, which again is sugar. So not actually eating enough is not great for those sugar cravings either. So lots of reasons that you might be finding that you are craving sugar. But like I said, there are actually a few really simple things that you can do to reduce those sugar cravings and really get a handle on things like your energy levels as a result. Because as you start to even out those sugar highs and lows, you are definitely, definitely going to feel more energised. You're going to feel calmer and you're going to feel more able to take on your day as well. So this isn't just about 
weight loss or anything like that. This is actually about our energy levels and how we generally feel and about our general health as well. Because I, I kind of mentioned this idea of insulin resistance, which is not something that we ideally want, right? We want to be nice and flexible. We want to be very sensitive to insulin. We want to be able to manage our blood sugar really well by ourselves. And so anything that we can do to, to sort this out is going to have a really, really positive effect on our entire health our entire health is going to benefit from this. So it's really, really important. So what are these strategies? Well, I've got a few and I don't want you to take all of them to heart and think that you have to change all of them here and now and today. <laughs> Absolutely not. But this is about sort of choosing the one that feels easiest or feels like it's going to make the biggest difference to you, right? And you're not going to need all of them anyway. Some of them you're probably going to have under control already and they're going to be fine. And then some of them you're going to look at and you go, yeah, actually, I do need to deal with that one, right? So strategy number one, one of my absolute favourites, because this can make a difference absolutely within a day or two, is making sure you're getting protein and a bit of fat at every meal, particularly at breakfast. And the reason I say particularly at breakfast is that what you do at the start of the day can tend to set your body up for what happens the rest of the day. So if you start the day with a quick hit of, you know, sugary, carby goodness or not goodness, so to speak, that tends to set you up on a roller coaster for the rest of the day as well. So what you do first thing in the morning, the way that you kind of break that overnight fast is really, really, really important to how your body then deals with sugar the rest of the day. So this one is really, really important. So it is out with the cereal and toast, I'm afraid. And actually even something like porridge and honey can massively spike your blood sugar. Like we've always been told porridge is really good for you and it is. And I'm going to talk about that more in a minute. But porridge on its own with maybe a bit of honey on it is going to spike you massively. I know this from past experience. I started to realise that when I had porridge, I was always hungry by 11 in the morning. And generally I'm not. Generally I, I don't get hungry until sort of half 12, one o'clock. But I was starting to get really hungry in the morning mid-morning when I was having porridge and I realised that porridge was not, it was not filling me up in the way that I thought it was. So out with the cereal and toast, out with the porridge and honey. Instead, what you're going to bring in is more protein and more fat. That doesn't mean no carbs. It just means that we are going to replace some of those carbs with the protein and fat. So things like full fat Greek yogurt with berries and a low sugar granola or oats and nuts and seeds is great. Poached eggs and whole grain toast is fab. If you do have toast, have it with peanut butter, for example, because actually the way that you combine those things will actually affect your, your blood sugar levels and how much your blood sugar spikes. So if you just had a piece of toast with some jam on it, that's going to spike your blood sugar way more than a piece of toast with peanut butter on it, because that's got the fat and the protein in it, which is just going to bring everything down a little bit. So if you do want to have toast, that's fine. But, you know, some whole grain toast with some peanut butter a much, much better choice. And then if I do have porridge, because I do still have porridge and have things like overnight oats, absolutely. Then what I do is I add peanut butter to it, pumpkin seeds, blueberries, those kind of things. So again, adding the protein and the fat to those carby things is going to really, really help to balance your blood sugar better. So essentially, the more carby your meals, the more likely you are to get those sugar cravings as you go through the day. So what we want to do is we want to kind of blunt that a little bit. We want to make those spikes much less sharp by making sure that we're really looking at what we're putting into those meals. Start with breakfast, always easier to start with breakfast and then look at the other meals throughout the day as well and where you can actually you know, improve those in terms of adding protein and good fats as well. So that's strategy number one. Strategy number two, 
exercise, movement, strength training, all of those things help you to balance your blood sugar better because your body just becomes better at dealing with sugar when you do those things and when you are more active and when you're moving. And actually strength training is particularly great because it actually makes us more insulin sensitive, which is a really good thing, right? We don't want to be insulin resistant. We want to be insulin sensitive. So strength training and building muscle has been shown to actually make us more insulin sensitive and to reduce those blood sugar spikes as well. So even when you do eat something sugary, if you have more muscle, you're more likely for your body to deal with it better. So exercise, movement, strength training, 100% need to be added in there. Strategy number three, manage your sleep. So like I said before, ghrelin levels will go up. So this is your hunger hormone. The more ghrelin you've got, the more you're going to be craving those quick hits of energy throughout the day. And the more likely you are to actually start craving the sugar. So getting into good bedtime habits creating a really good routine that works for you in the evening, going to sleep and waking up at similar times each day, getting out in the mornings, morning light, because that morning light to the back of your eyes can really help to to regulate your sleep cycles and make it easier for you to get a good sleep at night. Adding magnesium as well, because magnesium is also thought to be associated with sugar cravings if we're lacking it. And magnesium also is very relaxing, so it can really help you with sleep at night. So having a look at your habits around sleep and, you know, not lying in bed and scrolling through your phone and looking at lots of blue light before bed, but reading a book, taking some time to relax, doing some meditation, having a bath, using some lavender, those kind of things, just to get you into the right place for sleep. And then, like I say, during the day, getting out in the sunlight, you know, looking at adding some magnesium and those kind of things just to improve that sleep and make you crave the sugar a little bit less. Strategy number four, and this one's around gut health. Okay, so what we want to be doing is we want to be adding as many of the good bacteria into your gut as possible. And one of the most effective ways that you can do this is through making sure that you get a really good variety of plant foods in your diet. So challenging yourself to like eat 30 different plant foods in a week is a really good one. I, I always really enjoy doing that actually. It's a good challenge. So things like that can really, really help to just increase the good bacteria and decrease those bacteria that are crying out for the sugary stuff all the time. And that that will help as well. And also, do you know what? If you're eating plenty of plant foods, you're going to be filling up more. There's going to be more fibre in there. You're going to feel more satisfied. You're going to feel fuller for longer. You're going to get lots of amazing vitamins and minerals in there as well that are going to really help. So things like green leafy veg, for example, contains lots of magnesium. And like I said before, magnesium is really good for nipping sugar cravings in the bud and really good for your sleep as well. So that it's going to have an effect on all sorts of areas if you can do that for yourself as well. Strategy number five is about addressing your stress and starting to look at other coping mechanisms to tackle the emotional reasons for your eating or for your cravings. You know, we use food because it's quick and easy, right? It takes seconds to reach into the cupboard for a couple of biscuits. So that's why we do it, because it's a quick, easy, simple way. We don't have to think about it. We just reach for the thing and it just makes everything feel that bit better. It just gives us that moment of calm. It gives us that moment of just dampening those things down for ourselves. But actually, if we are stressed a lot of the time, if we are feeling negative emotions a lot of the time, it's a sign that we need to do some deeper work, right? It's not a sign to keep eating sugar. It's a sign to actually look at, okay, what's going on here? What's underlying this? Why am I so stressed all the time? What can I do to start managing that a little bit better? Or if it's boredom, well, do I get up and go out for a walk in the middle of the day, middle of the afternoon to tackle that boredom? You know, not only does it 
refresh you and make, make sure that when you come back to your desk, you feel more focused again, and you get more done. But it's also going to just tackle that that underlying reason that you are reaching for that thing. And this is the thing, like, you know, hunger is is something that that comes to us, obviously, for, for reasons of we need food. <laughs> we need food to survive. We need energy to survive, right? And it comes to us for that. But it also comes to us for other reasons as well. It, it becomes this sort of emotional hunger sometimes. So if we're using food as a coping mechanism for a lot of stress and all that kind of stuff, then we need to just start going a little bit deeper with that. We need to start working on that stress management and finding other coping mechanisms in our lives in order to help with that as well. And then just a final quick strategy number six is to increase your intake of great sources of carbohydrates in the run-up to your period. So it's not time to ignore that and to go, oh, my willpower's just shot to pieces right now because my period's due. It's going, oh, okay, I need progesterone. Progesterone needs glucose. What am I going to do? I'm not going to eat a load of sugar. I'm going to feed my body with some more complex carbs, you know, get some sweet potatoes in there, some quinoa, some brown rice, all of those kind of things that are really going to help. And just adding a little bit more of those in the run-up to your period is going to be a massively helpful thing for you to do as well. Now, that's quite a lot, isn't it? You know, those six things. So number one, protein and a bit of fat with every meal. Number two, add exercise, movement and strength training. Number three, managing your sleep better. Number four, increase the variety of plant foods in your diet. Number five, address the stress and bring in other coping mechanisms for that. And then number six, increase those carbohydrate sources in the run-up to your period. So quite a few things. So what I'm not suggesting is that you try and do it all at once. And, you know, for most of us, we'll already have some of this in place, right? We might not be so great at, I don't know, managing our stress levels, but maybe we get a good night's sleep, for example. So we're not going to have to work on all of those things. But as I go through that list, you're probably like, oh, actually, yeah, that could do with addressing. So look at that list and think about, number one, what's going to be easiest? And number two, what's going to have the biggest impact? If you can combine those two things, then it's going to be a great, great, great start. So start with one and then move on from there. You know, I often think, honestly, the first strategy, adding protein and fat to your breakfast is a massive quick win, right? You can change that from tomorrow. And that's something that can have a direct impact on sugar cravings within a few days. It's something that's worked really brilliantly when I take women through my 28-day nutrition resets. So this is something I do every couple of months and we do 28 days together and we do a meal plan and I give uh, a meal plan and recipes for everybody to follow. And it's all about just balancing your energy, nipping those sugar cravings in the bud and just eating really good, satisfying, delicious, nutritious food. And when women do that with me, they always find that their sugar cravings dissipate really quickly, really, really quickly because they're paying attention to breakfast. They're filling themselves up properly at meals with really good filling, satisfying foods. And they find that they're able to make different choices quite easily, actually, within a really, really short period of time. So for me, that one's a massive quick win, massive, massive quick win. You know, addressing your stress is going to take a bit longer. So maybe look at this first and then look at the stress afterwards if you need to. So yeah, it's it definitely is something that you can see a difference with really, really, really quickly. And actually, on that note, if you are interested in the 28-day nutrition reset, then I am going to be running another one very soon. So do keep your eyes peeled for details. I'll share that here on the podcast, through my social media, on my mailing list as well. And it's a really, really brilliant way to create some brand new habits around nutrition. They're going to serve you really well for the long term and which are always surprisingly easy to achieve and, and like I say, can make a difference very, very, very quickly 
without you having to go cold turkey and without it feeling like it's going to take a shed load of willpower to do it, right? But in the meantime, get to work on the strategy that's speaking to you the most from that list. And I, I promise, I promise, 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 you'll start to find those sugar cravings reducing and you're going to feel more in control of those things before you know it. Right. I'm going to love you and leave you there. See you all next time when I'll be diving into the vicious cycle of body image and exercise and how we can improve both to create a much more virtuous cycle for ourselves and to get more of what we want. Right. Have an amazing week and I'll speak to you next time. Thank you so much for joining me today, beautiful people. If you have loved listening in and want to make sure you don't miss out on future episodes, then simply subscribe or follow the podcast on your favourite podcast player right now. You can also come and join me on the socials at Alex Chick Fit, and I'll see you again next time.